This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the MK1 podcast. You already have everything Milton Keynes Dons. Back after a uh, an unplanned week off, but I think we've got a lot of news to get stuck into today. And I think that was the plan overall, really, wasn't it, Joe, in terms of deadline days happened. Uh, a few more news has come about. Um, but overall, mate, how are you doing? Yeah, not bad, thank you. Um, again, as you say, there is plenty to get us teeth stuck into uh, today, both good and bad. So, um, yeah, I look forward to it. Yeah, I mean, by the way, Ross can be this evening and he's feeling a bit um, under the weather, bless him, so wish him well and uh, hopefully he's resting up for Saturday. So, yeah, I mean, we'll start with some good news. Obviously, we had the news today that um, planned permission has finally been approved for the first stages of um, the training ground, which is going to be at the bowl. And I think it's been... I don't know, I can't remember how long I've been trying to get this going, Joe, but it's been years and years and years. And obviously, there's been things to do with like the cycling association and all of that jazz. But I think overall, the fact that they've finally managed to get planning permission, it's it's very exciting for the club. Um, you know, it's something that obviously, um, whether whether it's rumours or truth or not, that there's been uh, people in the past at the club that have turned down the club because of lack of training facilities. Um and now we're in a position where we can actually build on it and uh, I think in terms of the club and the city it's a it's a great thing to get going really. Yeah, no, I think um I, I was just going to you know mention then as well um not only will it affect you know just the day to day running of the club because I know for instance that a lot of the time the the morning will be spent at a training facility um or or a school college as it is um and then they're rushing over across Milton Keynes to the stadium to do analysis in the afternoon, etc. But if, you know, we've got one permanent base, then that would be, yeah, really helpful and really good. Um, and also, yeah, it, when it does come one day to selling the club, as I'm, you know, Pete's mentioned before, he, he can't really afford to keep 
running it at the, at the current level that maybe all the with all with the ambition that maybe us fans want to see the club run with. Um, you know, it's it does make a more compelling full package for someone with deeper pockets than Pete to come along and buy. So um yeah, I think um off the pitch it's gonna be good and hopefully, you know, it that's this sort of investment will uh, help on the pitch matters down the line as well. Yeah, so Pete's always spoken about wanting to leave a legacy um, before he thought about moving on. And, you know, like I think the training ground was um, a key focus of that alongside, obviously, Stadium MK, which is built a long time ago now. But, um, yeah, this I think this would be, once this is completed or close to completion, that would be a, a point to maybe, about speaking for Pete, but um, consideration for Pete to potentially move on from the football club and see, where else, see what happens elsewhere in terms of investors. But... No, it's fantastic news, and yeah, it'd be it'd be great to finally have a base for the club in terms of um, that facility because it's been long overdue ever since the club moved um, from Southwest London to Milton Keynes, and yeah, hopefully it's uh, hopefully it's looking good in a couple of years' time, and maybe even more than that because um, I think I think that they're going to start building work towards the end of this year. So yeah, exciting times, exciting times. Um, on the pitch, um, obviously we've got two games to look at, back at today. Um, one game I'm I'm still very angry about actually, and the other game I'm not I'm not too concerned about. So we'll start with the game. We'll start with the Shrewsbury game. Um, I don't know. Uh, this game is so frustrating. I mean, I'm not actually angry about this one, but this game especially, it was just a bit like we did. I think we did so good throughout the game. We had you know we controlled the game really on overall. We had plenty of chances. Admittedly. Not enough on the goal. We didn't challenge the keeper enough, but we had the chances to do that. Obviously, nine block shots and 14 shots in total kind of gives you the indication of how it went. And then counter-attack last minute of the game um, and go to the back of the net. Um, an infuriating midweek game. And Joe, I mean, it it was a tough pill to swallow overall. Um, what did you make of it? I mean, if we're taking the two games as a whole, um, I'd say that both games were infuriating for me in different ways, um, but I definitely agree that Shrewsbury, Shrewsbury made me, I was just like, oh, great. Exeter made me angry. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, starting off with Shrewsbury, it was another one of those games where, look, we weren't, we didn't smash them, but we were definitely the better team. Um, we limited Shrewsbury to absolutely naffle, really. Um, we had two big chances ourselves, which we missed both of them, of course. And um, and then they have, you know, it, it was an innocuous back pass from Jack Tucker. Yeah, you know, one of them things. Who actually, funnily enough, was probably having his best game I've seen him have for Dons since probably the Pompey game as well. Um, and they just go through and score. But it's, for me, it's just so infuriating again because... We've, it's, it's a home game where we've had double the amount of shots as, a, as the opposition and come out sucking our thumb with absolutely nothing to show for it at the end. And, um, I mean, Exeter was almost an even more extreme version of that, wasn't it, Liam? Yeah, um, Exeter, oh, I was I was like... I don't usually get like um, verbally angry at the game usually. I, I prefer to just sort of sit back and watch it for a little while. But yeah, Exeter really pissed me off. It wasn't even the fact that we lost the game. You know, Exeter are a fantastic team. There's a reason that um, the team's hiring a vision raft to Gerani Brown um, on deadline day, which we'll get on to later also, because he is that good of a player and his, and his goal contributions this season speak for themselves. Um, and of course, he got the two on the day that 
first saw X take the three points back um, to Devon. But that first goal in particular really, really wound me up. Um, not only is is it literally from our throw-in where we somehow lost the ball um, and then it's gone through to Giovanni Brown, but there's three players surrounding Giovanni Brown. I think it's Bradley Johnson, Magoma and Tanai Watson. None of them commit to a challenge, which then leads to Giovanni Brown um, playing it through to Sam Nombe. And then for whatever reason, I don't know this bit really, I've more not the three players before that, but Zach Jules just decides to do some sort of superhero tackle on, on the edge of the box, which said it's given a penalty. Um, and yeah, I, I just it really, really just wound me up. And then I felt, because we started so well in that game, obviously Dan Harvey had a chance where he should have passed the ball. And I was quite angry about that also. Um, obviously Mo misses his chance, which happens like one every 100 times. And of course it happened on that day. Um, and yeah, so I think as soon as that penalty went in against, against Exeter, the team just looked completely deflated and just didn't have any purpose about them. Second half, I felt like Magoma was trying to do everything in midfield. The other lads weren't doing sweet FA, quite frankly. Um, and yeah, the second goal comes about just just from that, really. Just not creating much going forward. Are you going to encourage um, teams to come on to you? And uh, when you got players like Giovanni Brown, are going to score goals? So um, yeah, pretty two miserable games of football, really. I feel, obviously, yeah, Shrewsbury is a bit unpositive because I felt like we should have... Um, had something from that game. Could argue same for Exeter, actually, but I felt with Exeter it was a bit different in terms of the collapse was just a bit um a bit disheartening. And um, I'm sure we'll get onto later as to on certain points as to regarding that. But do I touch on Exeter a bit? Yeah, I mean for me again, it's just a perfect example of um a home game where we've been the better team. And I don't care what people say about oh no, we were crap. No, we weren't. We had two crap moments and that cost us the game. That's, you know, we we had what, 15 shots to four, um, but we had 11 shots off target. I mean, that's just ridiculous. We had nine shots in the box, extra three, and two of them ended up in the back of the net. I, I'm sorry, but I just don't buy the fact, I just don't buy the reasoning that we're playing crap, but we're just having so many crap moments. You know, Zach Jules, an absolute brain-dead moment, sliding in from behind. But as you say, it shouldn't have even got to that point. Mo Issa. You know, I don't know who else you'd actually want on those chances that we... Well, you wouldn't, that, would you? Exactly. There's no one else, really. You know, similar to Plymouth away. It's it's honestly, it's it's child stuff. It's um, And it's letting us down because... You know, if Mo Issa scores, you know, it's, I know it's all ifs and buts and maybes, but if Mo, if Mo buries his chance and Zach doesn't decide to take out Sam Nombe, you know, we're one we're cruising and they're having to come out at us then. And then there's space in behind. And I was thinking about this the other day and I think there's maybe seven or eight home games where we've been the better team and we've not taken anything from the game. Accrington, we were the better team and we conceded a late penalty and that cost us two points because we were 1-0 up and they scored in the 80th minute. Sheffield Wednesday at home, we were the better team. We conceded a stupid penalty that let us down. Shrewsbury make a stupid mistake late on. Um, what other ones have we got? Wickham, they score a wonder goal from 25 yards, whatever. We miss our chances. Another example. Um, uh, there's, there's another one I'm trying to think of. Burton. You know, we give them, they have, I think, three shots in the game, one of them being a penalty, which is just to be stupidly give away to them. 
Fleetwood, better team throughout, one nil up, they get two goals out of nowhere. It's just time and time again, cheap, cheap goals and not taking our chances. Because actually, you know, at the start of the season, we weren't even creating anything. That was a whole different ball game. But we actually are creating chances now. We're looking okay, but we're still conceding this horrible goals. If someone cows through us, you know, fair enough. You hold your hands up and say, yeah, decent goal. I can't remember the last time a team actually scored a good goal against us. <laughs> it's it's always us giving them a helping hand. Even the second goal for Exeter on Saturday, it came after Magoma goes down cheaply. And then there's Ricochet that falls perfectly for Giovanni Brown. It's just... When you look- yeah. And the thing is, Joe, like, how do you even stop that from happening? Because it's not on the coaches. It's not on the way the team's set up. It's just individual mistakes. And we had a similar, we had a similar time. I'm going to keep harping back to Russell Martin times. We had a similar time with Russell Martin, you know, actually early on, we just kept giving away these really, really just rubbish goals and losing football games. Like some of them are absolutely dreadful. Remember the Lee Nichols one, Oxford? My God, that was terrific. But yeah, it's every, it seems to happen in every single game at the moment. And you can't, I mean, can you coach it? Can you coach out of players? Or is it literally just a mentality thing, keeping it together? I would say the fact that we're here dominating teams in terms of possession, in terms of the number of shots, in terms of number of shots in the box, in terms of corners, in terms of big chances created, in terms of entries into the box, we're dominating the majority of these metrics, game in, game out. But the players are the ones that have to go, go and take those chances and have to go make sure that if they are having four shots, they're not four shots that, and where half of them are going in the, in the back of the net. There's the coaches can only take you so far, as far as I'm concerned. And I think this quite clearly shows that. No, I'm not saying that Liam Matt, someone like Liam Manning, wasn't without blame. But I think we 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 even said it at the time, bloody hell, he's and half been let down by that group of players. Yeah. And I think again, you know, Mark Jackson set up a system that's allowed us to outplay. Shrewsbury and outplay outplay Exeter. Yet the players, yet yet Jack Tucker makes a mistake, we concede a goal. Zach Jules makes a mistake, we concede a goal, and then just a whole com- combination of mess ups led to the third third uh, the second Exeter goal on on Saturday. Meanwhile, the system that Jackson has put into place has allowed us to create plenty of clear cut chances in the last two games yet we've not taken a single one of them. Mark Jackson can't be there to nod him in, in himself, can he? No, and, it's, yeah. And obviously Mo, Mo scores two at Forest Green and can't score the one against Shrewsbury, which is quite a difficult chance admittedly. But of course the one against Exeter also, which cost us at least one point, well, maybe one point on reflection, potentially yeah. three also. So yeah, it's, it may, obviously we need more than Mo scoring goals, but you know he is the striker, right? Well, he's the one that says, you know, who would you rather those chances be falling to, Lou? Oh, well, yeah, exactly. He's the man, exactly. He is the one one you want. But uh seems to be he's the only one getting the chances at the moment, um, which is a frustrating one. Yeah. yeah, and 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 look, it's not to say, look, this isn't all on Mo. Other people have got a... Yeah. Because, you know, for instance, when was the last time... I mean, I know we've had Bradley Johnson pop up with a few goals, but in terms of general play... You know, maybe Dawson Devoy. We we've seen flashes of it again. It's just that's what's frustrating. We see flashes of it. We see flashes of Tanai and Harvey bursting into the box. We see 
you know, we saw, I mean, Kai Kai, it was his first game, it was his debut. I'm more than willing to give him a pass. Same with Leko, he's very new. But, you know, you want to see people busting a gut to get in the box and not just having the front three be the ones that are doing the attacks. And it's all about, it's a team thing because, you know, Brad, I think Bradley Johnson is, and Isa and Grigg are pretty much the only people that have actually scored like multiple goals for us this season. Um, and because, you know, even people like Barry, um, Dennis, who both of whom are not actually currently here anymore, you know, between them, they had, I think Dennis made over 20 something appearances and Barry made 32 appearances. Barry scored one goal in that time. So I think that just shows you um, it's just goals seem because in general play, and I'll keep saying this. Our defensive system is fine, but it's stupid mistakes that's really letting us really letting us down. Yeah, no, I think um, I think now the voice finally playing the position he's actually meant to be playing, um, not in a stupid pivot holding role with the Manning crap was he was showing him there. Um, he's actually playing right now. I think he's he's getting into positions where I want him to be at. Um, he's still got a long way to go. Don't get me wrong, but you know he's actually playing in a position where. He contributes a football match, which is great, and in a positive way rather than a potentially negative one. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think I'd like to see some improved decision making in the box. I mean, obviously with that Harvey chance against X, so you know you want to pass, you want him to pass it into Leco really, uh, rather than have a speculative shot from twenty five yards out, wherever it was. Um, but yeah, no, there's definitely signs there. It's just obviously a very frustrating period, and that Exeter game was, uh, yeah, it was, it was infuriating to say the least. Um, so hopefully uh, the lads can make that right. Uh, over the coming weeks, I mean, we don't want to, we don't want to spend too much time on the first half of the season because it has been absolutely shocking. But I think myself and Joe wanted to just um, give us a sort of a reference point for the rest of the season in terms of sort of grading or giving players ratings um, position by position. Um, I don't think we'll spend too long on it, but I think we're going to start with the goalkeeper and defenders, weren't we, Joe? In terms of where we wanted to go with that, so. And I, th- I think we'll stick also we'll stick to players who have played regularly rather than um for example Franco who re- hasn't really played at all this year apart from Papa John's games. So Joe, do you want to start with uh do you want to start with Jamie coming and what rating you have for him? I'd probably give him like a C minus sort of thing. I think it's very harsh to say that Jamie Cumming is to blame for our demise this season and he's had some outstanding games. However, there have been games where you know, I think there was a stage where he said it himself. I think we conceded like 25 shots on target and he'd conceded like 18 in that time or something. Um, so, yeah, I don't think, it, you know, it's not been a vintage Jamie Cummins season, but I don't certainly don't think he's, um, you know, I'm more than happy for him to stick around because we know we know how good he can be. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a bang average C for me. Um, I don't think he's done many things wrong but he said that there are many things great this season for me um especially not to last season where um you could say he was winning us games uh, just alone with those performances so pretty difficult season for everyone from that last season squad but i think for him in particular it's been a difficult one but um yeah hopefully now he's got um well he's definitely got a two or three center backs to, to sort of keep consistency with the rest of the seasons so hopefully we can see uh, an improved performance from him the rest of the season uh Go on, Joe. Dan Harvey, tell us your grade for him. Oh, that is this is a tough one, you see, because he's popped up at times where other people haven't. And the thing is, people judge Dan Harvey, I think, on such a high a high bar. 
and it's, I don't think it's very fair at times. And I think with Dan Harvey, Dan Harvey is Dan Harvey in the nicest way. Like, he's never going to be an Ethan Laird. No, but, definitely not. But bloody hell, he's not a, you know, because it's going forward that people have problems with him. With Because at the back, he's he, he's pretty much okay. But it's rare you see him have an absolute clanger. And there's been games this season, you know, Forest Green at home, Forest Green away, where I thought he was absolutely outstanding. Um, and obviously he got the goal at Forest Green. He's got two goals this season. Um, he's got an assist this season. I- I'd give him a, again, a low C, maybe a high D. Yeah, I, I see minus is fair. Um, yeah, I think when I think when the club is not recruiting a left back, I feel there is a certain stigma that that left back will get who's starting every week. Um, just in terms of expectation and what people want from him on the pitch, because if they're not seeing, you know, at least six out of ten every week, then I think there's questions to be answered, and I think that's fair enough. Um, and yeah, Dan Harvey, I mean, he's not had a he's not had a terrible season, but I think he's definitely been a victim of how bad the team has been this year, unfortunately. And it's yeah, you can't solely put the blame on him, but you can't also deflect any blame away from him because I don't think he's helped the team uh, week on week in terms of getting results. So yeah, I think I think just below Jamie's a, a fair point and a fair grade. Yeah. Um, I think we'll leave Was and Louis off this because they're out for the season. They can't really like improve on their grades that they were already given. So we'll leave them off. And we'll considering Winton was exposed and playing left back against, <laughs> I mean, that Ipswich Way performance, I think, will probably haunt me for years to come. It was like he's on, on FIFA and you turn the sliders down or something and uh, or up and things like that. It was that bad, yeah. Um, <laughs> obviously, Anthony Stewart also needs signing. We'll leave off. He hasn't actually played a game for us yet. Um, oh, the controversial one, Joe Jack, Jack Tucker. What do you D. reckon? A D, did you say, or B? A D, D for Delta. Again, I don't think, and I've been one of his biggest fans and big, not biggest fans. I've I've said it before because I I personally I'd give was a D as well, just straight off the bat, just to put it out there. Um, I think in general play, Jack Tucker is a better defender than Warren O'Hara. And better defender than Harry Darling. I've said that multiple times. Just because he's sometimes a little bit awkward on the ball, I think people, you know, get wound up by it and get get upset by it. But bar, you know, he's not really. Obviously, that he had that clangor against Shrewsbury. We're aware of that. It's, that's just one of them things. However, I can't recall him like absolutely throwing one in. I think a lot of people, I think with Jack Tucker, a lot of people are more uneasy with him. But in terms of his general defending, you know, I think he's a good defender. And I think games like, for instance, Portsmouth away, where he's just, at, just all he's had to do is defend, he's been good. Yeah, what? he's very, um, I think he's very safe. I will say that for him. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think it, I think it will work eventually when he's alongside a player like Zach Jules because Zach Jules is a bit more of a um, a bit more of a maverick, I suppose, when it comes to playing out the back, and he's he likes to get the team forward rather than waiting for players to um, make space for him, which is, is good and bad at times. And you know, obviously, we've seen we've seen we've seen both sides of that this season and previous seasons. But yeah, Jack, I don't mind Jack. Um, I feel like he's 
he's not had the easiest um of rides to the seven K on team, but no one has really this season. Um and I think I think if we had of think if it had, been, if it had been a different story in terms of we'd be in the top ten of the league and we'd be um you know, pushing for playoffs, I think he'd actually have a higher grade than what he's probably gonna get from us in terms of like a D slash low C. But I think he can only get better the second half of the season. He's going to be playing more games. And, you know, in terms of actual, I know there's been a lot of that is, is passing, but his passing is actually better than the majority of the centre-backs we actually have statistically. Um, so... Ian, hey, would you say would you say that he's had a better season than Moran O'Hara? Well, if we if we take so it in his face... the world part at all. No, the thing is, because with Was right, he is the vice captain and he has expectation on him to be quite consistent and quite good. So the fact that he hasn't really led that back line for me the way he should have would probably say that, yeah, I think they're they're a lot closer than many, many people think they actually are this season. But do people actually care because where we are in the league? Probably not. But that's, yeah, you're probably right. They probably are a lot closer. If not, Chuck has been better than Was this season. But, um, yeah, it's a hard one, and he's definitely been criticised enough. So I don't think we should bash him anymore. But yeah, it's I think some people be a bit like um, having another player who had a similar sort of reputation. But once people get that reputation of you, it's hard to get rid of. And um, I feel quite bad for Jack actually. I think that's going to be the case of him, unfortunately. He's been one of our better players in the last sort of three, four games. Yeah, uh, he has. It's just been a shame that those individual mistakes have like been really really costly in terms of costing the team points because if that wasn't the case it could be a different story but but this is the whole thing though right in general we're 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 okay we're playing better than teams a fair amount of time but it's just individual mistakes and moments which are costing us yeah yeah couldn't disagree with you there um Zach Jules, I know he hasn't played, he's been pretty inconsistent. I mean he's only actually he started 16 games in the league this season. I think it's fair enough to give him a grade. Um, I don't think he's played terrible, so I'd probably go over C. Um, I I think I'd I've always been a bit skeptical of Jules and a four at the back, and I think the club have kind of banished him from that initially. But I think he's had to come in obviously with the Watson injury, and I think we'll see a player who will actually benefit us long term rather than not. And obviously, he's one of the key players whose contracts are well rumored to be up at the end of the season, so. You'd expect something to happen there, but not overall, I think he's not been bad. I think he's defensively he's a bit suspect, but I think with Tucker alongside and they sh- they should be a nice match moving forward. Um, there's probably time together really on the pitch just get going. Uh, don't know what great job for Jules. Yeah, I'd probably say a C. I think in terms of you know again he's kind of been thrown in in this four at the back. You'd be much more comfortable with him being on the left of the three. I think. Um, definitely, or even left back, as we saw at times under Russell Martin. Um, so I think you know you can't necessarily blame him for being not being the best defensively in a back four at centre back because we know that that's not really his position. Um, he actually, you know, fought his way into the team during the early stages of the season. So fair play to him for that. However, I think. Um, yeah, I think it's fair to say. I mean, it's quite a weird one because who 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 do you say that this new signing? We've signed a new centre back, obviously, and we'll get into it more. But would you say it's Tucker or Jules that falls out? So tough. I, I think they're. I would. I think just because. I think Jules takes us forward 
a lot in terms of progressive style. I think it has to be Tucker. Yeah. Um, but I could easily see uh, him and Tucker rotating a lot. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you. I think Jules has been a C. I don't think he's been anything amazing, but I don't think he's done much. Yeah. Terrible. But he has, he, you know, he has had a few bad games. He has had a few good games. So. Cool. Right. Fi- two final players before we move on. Um, Henry Lawrence. I probably get the highest grade, actually, for Henry Lawrence here. I'm going to give him a C+. Plus. Yeah, no. Yeah, I, I do quite like him. And... You know, we'll, I mean, we'll get on to Sinai in a second, but I know people thought Sinai had a good game on Saturday. I just thought it was a pretty ordinary game, to be honest. I didn't really see much from him. The defence still conceded two goals. He was a part of that. Um, whereas Lawrence, I appreciate he's not everyone's cup of tea, but at least going forward, he actually provides an impact. Whereas I just feel um, with other players, that isn't the case. Um, so yeah, maybe maybe him and Jules as the same, as the same back four probably is a bit too like over the top, but. I think when he has played, especially wing back, he's been pretty decent. Um, not been given enough minutes this season for me. Only started ten games uh, in the league, but yeah, I think he's a solid player, and there's a reason that Chelsea decided to keep him here, and uh, hopefully he gets some more game time. I mean, yeah, I, th- I think that uh, Plymouth away, uh, I thought he was absolutely fantastic, and he was the person that actually um, he he was the one that actually set up the goal. He he broke through and his pressing really won the ball back high up the pitch. And then he had the quality and throughout the game, he was a danger to be quite honest with you. Yeah. I think with Henry Lawrence as well, he's, I think he's got a high ceiling, um, but he's just not been given the minutes for whatever reason. Um, and who's to say that he won't come in and have an absolute clangor. And then we'll realize that we actually, maybe we were wrong. Um, <laughs> in, in the last game time we've seen him in the last sort of 10, 12 games, it was a way to top of the league. And he put in a stellar performance and I'm actually quite, you know, I really want to see some more of him, to be quite honest. Yeah, and we'll, we'll finish off with t- uh, tonight. Funny enough, actually started the same amount of games in the league as Henry Lawrence, but I'm sorry, he's he's getting a D. I, yeah. think, he's, I think he's been absolutely crap. Uh, I, I'm not too harsh on players, um, but I have a high hesitation for tonight based on what we saw last season. And for me, I'm, and maybe he's still getting into games and he's still getting minutes, but He's just way off the play that we had last season. Uh, admittedly, he had Kessler Hayden there, who is obviously a, a very attacking fullback and definitely gave us a competition. And obviously, the reason he's playing the championship the first half of the season. But yeah, tonight's just, just fell way, way off the mark for me. And um, I, I, I think it's maybe yeah, a bit like um, a bit like was and some of the other players, Dan Harvey in the squad. Maybe they fell victim to what's happened with the squad, but. I've not seen much of tonight, um, defensively or att- attacking wise, that I've really been that impressed with. Um, I think some of the numbers may see differently in some senses defensively, but I think for me, he's been he's been way off the mark. I don't know what you think. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think um, I remember in that game against Morecambe in the Carabao. I think it was his first game back, and he nearly scored after about thirty seconds. And we're like, oh, here he is, here he is, he's back. And that was, I think that genuinely was his first game back. And it's just been a bit like, oh, right, okay. Um, yeah, it's just been very meh, I think. And there's not been a single game where I've thought, yeah, I's absolutely bossed it today. And I, I don't think he's had too many games where I'd say that he's been absolutely awful. But I think he's just been almost anonymous in a lot of games. Um 
and for a team that you know is going to be using wide areas a lot, and we've we've seen him, we saw him do it last season, overlapping, underlapping, and I think last season he got, um, yeah, last season so he got two goals and he got an assist as well, um, and he just doesn't seem to be you know really making any threat towards the the other team's goals to be quite honest. Um, so yeah, he only started in twenty starts last season. He got two goals and an assist. And this season, it doesn't really even seem he gets anywhere near the, the other team's goal. Um, and then defensively, I think he's, again, again nothing calamitous, just like Harvey, but it's been fairly so-so for me. So, yeah, D for me. Yeah, you, you, for me, you can't have Watson and Harvey playing the same back four. Um, they're just too, they're too defensively-minded, a pair of them, um, especially if you need to win games and attack teams. We, For me, they're both just... Um, you have to play one or the other. You, you can't play both, unfortunately, um, which makes... Uh, Maybe I lose some of our thoughts also later in terms of deadline day. But um, before deadline day, obviously, we signed uh, Sully Kai Kai. Um, obviously, got his contract mutually terminated at Wickham um, to join the Dons to the end of the season. Obviously, as a winger, um, he will play as a part of the 4 3 3. And obviously, started against Exeter, um, alongside Lecco and Mo uh, in a 2 0 defeat. Um, obviously, it's a play we know well, Joe, in Kai Kai. Um, so he played at Liam Sweetie, you know, so also from his time at Blackpool and Palace. Um, I thought overall it's, a, it's an interesting signing. It's certainly not something one I expected, but what did you think of it? Yeah, I think it's um, it um, it just shows that we've got to address the fact of just getting more output out of those players in those forward areas. I mean, we briefly mentioned Louis Barry, um, and so for those that may have missed it, um. Louis Barry's he's gone. Um, but he, uh, Aston Villa recalled him, and he's gone to Salford on loan. And I think that just says says it all really about Barry because he's very lively, but there was just no end product. Um, and at times we were absolutely just pulling our hair out because he'd be he'd beat four players, and then it just either he wouldn't shoot, or the cross goes in the side netting, or it, it's just one of the, or he just dribbles himself out for a throw-in or just into oblivion. Um, so, yeah, I think there was talent there. But I think with Kai Kai, what we see is someone that he's got an absolute peach of a delivery. I was watching those highlight reels and I was I was like, but yeah, it's like it's almost like Dimitri Payet-esque. It was just unreal, some of the deliveries that he was putting in. And um, I think that would be good because um, I know that people have commented on our corners this season but actually we've, we've actually scored a fair few goals from corners believe it or not um but but i just think it it adds us another dimension to our game um and it gives us a you know a bit of a threat from range and also uh the ability to put the ball in the box uh so yeah i like it and again it's another bit of physicality um i mean leco he's just a brief mention for him i think he's done quite well in his first three games um nothing sort of stand out but he works hard he's he causes an issue to defences and he asks a question of them and quite often he's actually then had the quality to put a ball into the box so I think if Kai Kai can do that sort of thing um, you know obviously he's, he's only played one game so I'm not expecting him to um, move mountains just yet we'll, we'll give him a few more games till we expect <laughs> that um, but yeah I think the, the raw ingredients there and you know, we've seen him do it in this league before, just two years ago, and it's not as if he's thirty-five or something. So, um, yeah, I think just get, give him four, six games, get up to speed, and then hopefully we've we've got someone that can actually start adding some goals and assists. Because you know, as we mentioned earlier, 
you've got sort of Grig, Isa, and Bradley Johnson who've got like four or five goals each. And, you know, you've not it's not as if we've got a winger who's got five assists or um, you know, a fullback who's getting loads of goals and well, well Harvey, Harvey's got two goals and an assist, you know, Harvey's contributed a few, but just to have some people actually doing that killer instinct. Because as you said, you know, we've we've had fifteen shots on Saturday. Didn't score any though, did we? No, we did we did not. We did not. And obviously with the amount of forwards we have in the club now, you know, there's there's two there's two wingers per position. There's I'm pretty sure what we got uh, technically that five strikers now if you include Lewis Johnson. Um so we certainly got enough forwards. So it's it starts scoring some goals and obviously the rest of the team should also contribute to that also. But uh, yeah, there's certainly a lot of um goal scoring players in the team. What did you make of Dead on Day overall? Obviously Outside of Dons, it was a, a fairly busy day. Obviously, Enzo Enzo joined Chelsea. It's a British record. Uh, Poro went to Spurs. Obviously, Sabitzer went to Man U. That was some of the highlights. But it was a pretty crazy deadline day, weren't it, overall? It was. And some of the names, you know, even just down into League One and the Championship, I think it just shows the standard of players is quite high. And it's very competitive. You've got so many teams just throwing money at things now. And... Um, it makes it difficult. Um, I mean, just to talk about teams around us, I mean, you mentioned, you know, Morecambe getting a player of the calibre of Dan Crowley. Yeah, um, yeah. Green, I think, have signed like 10, 11 players or something this January window. Um, whether any of them are, you know, particularly stand out, it remains to be seen, of course. Um, you've then got Burton Albion, who are in and around us, signing Charlie Kirk and uh, getting a Hadme on loan from Ipswich Town both of which I think are great signings. So I think, um, and then also um, Gavin Kilkenny, um, who was starting games for Bournemouth in the Championship last season, is still a young player. He's now at Charlton. So you've got to think, oh, so I was thinking, bloody no, how have they how have they pulled that off? Don't forget Fleetwood and, as well, Stockley and um, Marriott. So yeah, <laughs> compared and, to some of our signings. And then, but then as well, even like Luton in Championship, you know, getting someone like Marvellous Nakamba, who's played like 70 games for Villa in the last two seasons or something like that. So it's, you know, I think there, there are quite a few teams almost doubling down on having good starts or are in bad positions and like, right, we, we need to do whatever we can to try and get out of it. So um, a very competitive, very competitive window. I mean, Lincoln paid rumoured up to 350 grand uh, if all add-ons are met for um, a midfielder from St Mirren so I think yeah, it just yeah. show you the where the market is right now yeah and obviously Don's Don's did get involved the one day um, signing defender for Anthony Stewart again a former Wickham lad um, but it was Aberdeen we signed him from uh, on loan to the end of the season obviously we had to wait like good it was like 12 hours, weren't it, Joe, for this signing to happen on deadline day? But it did happen. Uh, announced that pretty much bang on deadline. Um, obviously, adds adds some much-needed experience to that back line. Obviously, with Was and Louis out, it was literally just Jack Tucker and Zach Jules before Stuart signed. Um, I was, I think it says my thoughts on it, I was, uh, I, was, I, was, I was satisfied with it. I wouldn't say I would be like, I wasn't jumping over the hill for Andy Stewart's joining the club, don't get me wrong. I think he's a... Uh, I think we've seen um, some of his Stadium K experiences before in terms of how he is as a defender. So I think as, as a squad player, yeah, I think he's great. But as as for him starting every week and things like that, I'm not too sure. I don't know what you thought about it all. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's just what we needed. If you were to describe a centre-back that would come in on deadline day, 
I think you'd come up with that this sort of profile. I saw loads of people during the day saying they want some experience in the back line. And that's what we've got. We've got League One experience. He's probably, I, I don't know the numbers, Tan, but I'd imagine it's at least sort of, at least 200 League One games or whatever under Wickham. Um, and we've seen what an absolute, in an, I mean this in a nice way, <laughs> and we need that though. Because this t- at times of season, we've been naive. As I said, you know, we've not necessarily been giving up loads of chances, but when the push comes to the shove, we've just not been nasty enough. We've not been clinical enough. And I think we need that. And I think he's going to be a good character. Um, I don't think he's going to let people, you know, let standards slip as such. I think he's going to be keeping on top of people. And I think, however you look at him as a player and just as a player, I think it's the sort of thing we need. Look, whether or not it's going to completely revolutionise us and take us to the playoff, the cusp of the playoffs, I don't think so. But I think it's what we need in that position. And also, you know, we've got Warren coming back. We've got, oh, not not this season, obviously, but, um, you know, it doesn't didn't really make sense to go out and just buy someone because, yeah. you know, we've centre-backs, but we've got our captain and our vice-captain both out injured at the moment. So, and they will be back Um so, yeah, I think it's just about getting to the end of the season and sort of, I think Liam Sweeten used it, said it quite well, actually, and um, did a little interview with, with uh, for the club's social media, but just basically saying, you know, let's not just write this year off, let's use it as a year to develop players and to, you know, use it as an experience to then be like, right, now now the foundations are in place the the squad is in place now let's add the quality to it that's needed to then take it to the next level yeah no denying Stuart's experience it's level obviously the past two seasons before Aberdeen he had played just shy of 70 games in championship and league one uh, pretty much starting every week so he's obviously had a lot of experience this level and it's used by look look at words out he's uh he's used to the the back three and the back and the back four um systems so yeah, I think he's a user player to have. Um, and yeah, I suppose it'll be competition uh, for Tucker and Jules to, to keep their keep their spots, basically, which will be interesting, especially for some of them who have made some mistakes the past couple of games. But yeah, I mean, when we look at this, the overall squad of uh, MK, Joe, in terms of our thoughts on it, I know some people have mentioned how it's a bit unbalanced. Obviously, when you list off the, well, we have like nine forwards, if you include the wingers and that, and then, the midfield is pretty crowded also for three spots. And then I think obviously the, the deal for Reese uh, Welsh, who the Everton young lad is meant to come in, uh, fell through the last minute because of Stewart coming in. But I personally would like to have seen both. I know it's too low in spots and you only have five in a squad, but I wouldn't have seen the harm of signing both of them, to be honest. I don't know what... Did you, did you want Welsh or did you want to stick with one centre-back? I think, it, you know, I think Welsh could have been one, one of those that could have easily crumbled within three games. And then next season he comes to League One and he's in the team of the year. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He's <laughs> a player that's got a bit of pedigree. However, whether or not this would be the right situation for him, I would really yeah. argue. I think being him being thrown in at this sort of time could have been very detrimental. Um, so I think that we went for the right profile. Yeah, look, we could have had both, but I think Toby Locke said put it quite well. Um, he, <laughs> he he said. Um, well, yeah, two loans, two of them would have been nice, but at the end of the day, I'm not the one paying their wages. So, um, <laughs> and yeah, it's um, fair point. So, yeah, exactly. I think, um, I think we'll be fine. 
I think um, I think it would have been nice to have the option um, and just you know because then maybe Welsh could have played a few games without too much of a panic. But at the end of the day, I'm I'm happy with um, with just Stuart. Yes. Yeah, so what do you make of squad overall then? Um, obviously, I know I know Ken mentioned how he wanted a fullback, but I don't think we ever signed the fullback to be honest. This window it just never came across. I think the club's mind really, but. Yes, obviously a lot, a lot of players in that that front six. Um, but obviously with the injuries, not so many in the in the back in the back four. But yeah, when you look at that squad, obviously we posted on Twitter um, last yesterday evening once the Stuart signing was announced. What do you make of it overall? The thing is, you look at that squad and I think he's a decent player. He's good. He's pretty good. Yeah, he's pretty good. We've just not seen it consistently enough. And that's, I think that's been the issue. McEachran, he's probably had maybe three or four games this season where you're like, here he is, he's back. And then the next game, he's gone missing. <laughs> Dara Bird, we've seen him score a 25-yard screamer away to a championship side and look like he belonged at the level. But then, you know, he's had injury problems. Nathan Holland, when he's bothered, he looks like one of the best wingers in the league. But we've just not seen it consistently enough. Um Dawson Devoy, I think he's got like eight assists in all competitions. But then there's moments like where he got sent off at Shrewsbury or he's given away a couple of penalties. Connor Grant scored two goals away at Morecambe. But then sometimes he comes on and just looks like a headless chicken that's running round. You know, you could say about all of these players where we've seen moments where you just go, wow, they're a good player. And then you see moments like, how's the professional footballer? And I think that's goes for a lot of those players um you know to be quite honest with you um i do think that we we've added some good ages in terms of you know we at the start of the season we had a lot of sort of you know you've got your johnsons mckechrans lewingtons dave martins that sort of people it seems like now and then you had like we had so many under 23s or so now we've with the likes of Leco, Kai Kai, Anthony Stewart, you know, you've got more of that sort of 25 to 30 range. So players that are, you know, in their peaks, um, who are coming in, you know, with football league experience as well, not just uh, you know, players that come from Ireland or have maybe just had one or two loan spells and then drop down to League One, something like that. So um and then you've got and then you do have the talent sprinkled in there. And I think look, it's not an ideal season to, to have so much young talent. I mean, you'd probably say in this sort of situation, you, you want the the uh, the experience to grind it out. But I think, you know, we've got talent and I think we need to embrace this talent and and look after it. And I think I think that there's team there's players here which have moments. It's just about getting the consistency out of them, I think. I don't know how you feel about it. Yeah, there's definitely talent there. Um, you know, I'm looking at a list now. As you mentioned, you know, I really like looking at Dara Burns. He's come back from injury. Not seen too much of him, but I feel like he's really bulked up over that time. You can really see that he's, um, you know, maturing quite nicely physically and hopefully mentally as a player to the English game and like just the first six months being here. So that's a good sign. And yeah, the fact that you mentioned about Dawson Devoy having eight assists, if that is true, then, you know, considering he wasn't even meant to play until about January, this, uh, there's this time basically. Um, in this season, you know, that's, that's quite impressive. I know he's um, a lot of expectation on the, the lad, but I think he's done all right considering. Um, and he's looked pretty good in the cups, actually. Both of those guys have, they're both the young Irish lads. Um, yeah, and, and there's definitely, I think the, 
think I've liked like the look of Paris also. I think he's just trying to do too much at the moment, and the players around him are just wondering what the hell what the hell he's doing. Um, but I think I've, from what I've seen from him, he's he wants to be progressive with the ball. He wants to get the team forward, a bit like Zach Jules, really. Um, so I think he'll be good. And yeah, I I do I do think there's enough there. Just about I, I've kind of flipped back and forth between because we included the question after this whether. We think uh, this squad has enough to essentially avoid us getting relegated. I do, I think I do, but I at the same time I look at how how much the teams around us are strengthened. You know, you mentioned, mentioned Fleetwood, mentioned Burton, um, obviously mentioned the number of acquisitions at Forest Green, which is quite high. I sort of look at those numbers and I it gives me a bit of concern as to okay, we've tried to be clever and I feel like we've got some decent players in the squad, but when when teams are spending you know, you like to think close to 400, 500k in one January window, which is unheard of in many, in any season, really, let alone this season. Um, mm. Do we have enough in the squad to overcome that financial power and essentially prepare ourselves better for next season? And, you know, looking at the games we do have to play, and I we have to play the majority of the teams left, but this month is, it's not a write off, but you look at the teams we're playing, you know. <laughs> Um, uh... Oxford, Bolton, Sheffield Wednesday, Ipswich, uh, and honestly, maybe Lincoln's only winnable one there, really, in my opinion. And Port Oxford. Vale away is not on Oxford, also, yeah. Port Vale away is not an easy game. Um, obviously, a Wickham in the start of um, April. It's 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 not an easy league, and I do I do wonder where those points are going to come from to keep us up. But I suppose a bit like last season, those points just come in the most spectacular ways sometimes, and you never really expect to to beat Rotherham 2-1 after you're down to 10 men in the fifth minute, whatever the hell it was. Um, so, yeah, I, I am a bit concerned about whether this team can stay up, but um, I do I do hope there's enough quality there, but I suppose we'll see, eh? Yeah, and I, I think as well, and I don't mean to just be like a sort of Debbie Downer or whatever, but, you know, we're bottom half for attendances this season in terms of home attendances. You know, Port Vale get bigger attendances than us. There's, you know, again, I just reiterate, we are we aren't one of the big teams anymore. We aren't one of the top six that can throw our weight around. Um, Derby, Ipswich, Sheffield Wednesday, Bolton, Portsmouth, Plymouth, Charlton, Barnsley, Bristol Rovers, um, Lincoln, Peterborough, Port Vale, Oxford, and then even the likes of you know uh, Wickham, for instance. They might not get bigger crowds than us, but they're certainly spending more money. Because um, they've got an owner that's putting money into them, Fleetwood, the same. You know, they're they've got an owner who owns like an energy company. Um, Forest Green, they're throwing money around. So, you know, if we're being right about it, we, we're a mid-table budget team. So obviously, look, we are still underperforming that. But um, I just think it's you know Port Vale, for goodness sakes, got Matty Taylor from Oxford. Yeah, yes. yeah, I did see that. And I just look at these and I think, bloody hell. Um, and I think that um, it just goes to show that the league is league is so competitive nowadays. And look, it's not to say we should we should not have any ambition and just accept it because you know if things do come together, we can do what we did last season. And I'm not being funny, but as I've said before, you know a lot of our performances have been okay, and we've just not got points from them. You know we can reel off six to seven home games where we've thrown it away because of a crap penalty or a last minute screamer going in off someone's ass or whatever. It's just, you know, it's it's just such a frustrating season. 
Well, it's ironic, isn't it? Because the the I'm, even when it was Liam uh, Liam Manning or or Mark Jackson, they always spoke about you know not getting too high, not getting too low, and riding the roller coaster. But the club's a roller coaster at the moment as it is. Yeah, we're, we're going from you always get to the championship one season to you know potentially get relegated this season. It's you know you, I, obviously I, I appreciate the notion of um, you know wanting to keep the players level headed and not get too emotional about things, but. When there's so much going on around the club and it is a literal roller coaster itself, um, and, you know, expressing that sort of notion to the fans isn't going to help anyone. And um, yeah, it's just a bit of a weird one where it's, it seems to be all calm inside, but outside it's a bit of a dramatic sort of chaos almost. And uh, yeah, hopefully it levels itself out soon enough. I suppose on a on a final note, Joe, I know, I know neither of us are going to this one because you're in Germany and I'm stuck in London and doing work, but. How do you see Bristol on Saturday going? Obviously, they arguably have the best player in the league or one of them in Aaron Collins um, getting a ridiculous amount of goal contributions for them this season. Uh, and they're, they're a mid-table team, a decent, well, an okay home record, uh, better than ours, that's for sure. Um, so, yeah, how do you see it going? Um, well, I, w- I would say one thing. It must be pretty difficult for our players to be picking up their players because they're all bold, aren't they? <laughs> I, I, for those that aren't aware of them, there was a Bristol Rovers player. I think it was Nick Anderton mm. who um, he's got, I think it's a bone cancer. I'm not exactly sure what it is, but... Yeah. yeah. But anyway, the, the, the whole squad did um, a fundraising um, shaving of their heads. So uh, including the manager, every single person at Bristol Rovers is bold. So that's going to be quite fun for those of us watching it on iFollow in a different country. Um <laughs> <laughs> Rover players, which, um, but yeah, I think um, actually Bristol Rovers. I, I did think that for one at one point they were going to sort of go on a bit of a charge and big dark courses for the playoffs. However, you know, as you have mentioned, yeah, Aaron Collins is having a great season. However, I think defensively there's just a little bit of fragility sneaking in there. Um, so you know, they're a team that are certainly aggressive, a team that certainly will be looking to score goals, and they, you know, I know it's a wanky thing to say, but they try and play football in the right way. Um, however, I think, um, you know, that they're, 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 they're gettable. Um, however, they, they, you know, they are going to be at home um, in front of no doubt a good crowd. It's going to be, it's going to be tough. Of course it is. Um, but do you know what? I think, I mean, Bristol Rovers at home, would you say that was the worst performance of the season? Bar Barnsley. I'm trying to remember it. It was, it, I, or was that Bolton? No, no, Bristol Rovers was worse than Bolton. Bristol Rovers was when we um, started someone up front. Oh, who was it? Let me let me figure it out. Oh, here we go. I found it. One nil. It was one nil loss. Yeah, but no, but it was awful. I don't think we had a shot. Oh, shock! It was Cody played up front. That's probably why people. I think it was so bad because keep up, mate. Speaking of um, stigmas, Josh Cody. I guarantee when he gets back to playing. He will he will actually be good. One hundred percent. Because people oh, seem to think he's played like five games a season under quite frankly a shit team. And he's he's also actually a bad player. I think Robbie Stockdale's quite a big advocate of him. Um I think he m- must have known him from his time in League Two. Well you know it's Connor Grant also, mate, so I expect to hear a lot more of him. Yeah, no, but, that's but yeah, yeah, I mean I yeah, I, I can't remember exactly that game but I mean, looking at the stats they absolutely dominated us that home game so yeah again they scored a late penalty 76th minute they won 1-0 yeah again. I mean 
yeah, we didn't we didn't play the best game by the looks of things, but uh add it to the catalogue, I suppose, eh? <laughs> I was just trying to find oh right, yeah. Third we had four shots in the home game, yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see oh. this but when I am saying, you know, things at the start of the season we were playing like this and we were losing. Now at least we're playing a bit better. Oh I, yeah, I can just sit that team is just gives me nightmares. That 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 midfield five of Oyegake, Matt Smith, Johnson, McEachran, and Harvey, the most unattacking midfield five I think I've ever seen yeah. this season. I remember that. That, that was and, yeah, because we played oh yeah, we played Will Grigg and Josh Cody up front, didn't we? My oh, goodness. That has to be the worst team of the season, surely. That is horrific. That is good. That's good fun. Well, anyway. I'm sure we won't be. <laughs> Let's go attempt fate, shall we? Yeah, I mean, hopefully it can't get much worse than that. I feel we'll be a lot more attacking, and hopefully we'll actually go for it. Obviously, we have been there this season already, but we got absolutely smacked out there also, and that was Dean Lewington's caretaker <laughs> game, not, wasn't it? That was not reflective whatsoever of the game. Like we were actually okay in that game. I, I stupidly wasted nine, three, nine, <laughs> uh, nine ninety nine of my Great British pounds, but um. Yes, yeah, well, I mean, all we can hope for is we don't do the same again and we actually score a goal against it. That'd be nice uh, against in this season. Um, I've played it for the third time. Um, but if you are heading down, um, you're better than myself and Joe. Obviously, Joe's having to break his streak at the moment to head to Germany, so he's absolutely gutted. And I, I'm just, I just can't go basically. So, yeah, if you are going well done, uh, hopefully bring home the three points. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next week, for Oxford at home. Uh, but until then. Come on, you don't. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.